This guy's not a hateful guy. In fact, he's actually a rabbi. He's a lawyer. But above all, he's a great writer. Uh, his name is Dove Fisher. He writes for the uh, American Spectator. And uh, my, my program director, our program director, Dave Labrosi, uh, sent me this article from the American Spectator that Dove Fisher wrote. It's called A Time to Hate. And it was so well written and laid out so beautifully. He begins by quoting the Hebrew Bible. I mean, uh, you know, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate. Yes, and from so the he, Torah. He quotes that. And then he goes on, he lays out the case for what he hates about this political atmosphere that we find ourselves in, which is absolutely abysmal and ugly, and it's really reared its ugliest head during the pandemic. But let me bring in the author here, Adove Fisher. Good morning to you, Mr. Fisher, and thank you for appearing on the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. And I've been waiting so long. I'm based in California. And I've been waiting so long to finally talk to someone whose English I understand. I'm a Brooklyn boy. <laughs> oh, is that uh, right? Very nice. Okay, well, let's go. Well, welcome home. You're home, uh, WABC. Uh, the Tri-State is listening. Uh, 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 Mr. Fisher, Dove, I'll call you Dove. And uh, look, this time to hate thing, the, the way I, uh, you laid it out, as I, as I said, you start out with quoting the, Bi- the Hebrew Bible, and you go on. And then you list the things you hate. But lay it out for us, nice and slowly, the way you did in the article, because it's beautiful the way you reach a crescendo. I love it. Tell us about it, please. Thanks very much. Um, We have a Constitution, and it has rules. And under those rules, Obama became President of the United States. I didn't like it from day one, but I accepted it because this is America, and we have rules. And since the Republicans could not put up a candidate who was worthy of being president of the United States, a candidate who really reflected the conservatism of the American Republican rank and file, but instead put up two guys that weren't right for the time, they were the right people at the wrong time and the wrong people at the right time, we ended up with Obama. So I accepted Obama, and it meant eight terrible years in this country, while our economy that had nowhere lower to go, magically, through his magic wand, ended up going sideways. That's a good line. The economy never moved. Yep. Uh, on foreign affairs, he took ISIS, a little junior varsity, and watched it become a caliphate. He sent $1.7 billion to the Iranians, $400 million in secret cash packets from pallets from, Eastern, from Europe, European uh, money. And in fact, nobody ever heard the word pallet until he sent $400 million worth of that to the Iranians. Uh, but we put up with it. He was the elected president, and it meant that that's the way it goes. We, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Mm-hmm. I'm a New York Mets fan. I was with them in 1962, <laughs> and I knew what it meant to go through eight years of disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of losing there. That's a lot of losing. A lot of losing, until yeah. we finally had a year with Kuzman and Seaver and, and Ryan. Uh, and then when the Mets won in 69, yeah. the rest of the American and National League accepted, okay, fair and square, they won. Now we have to let them have their day. And that begins what I hate, that after being a good sport, after so many of us were good sports for eight years, and we put up with watching him destroy, attempt to destroy the oil industry and to attempt to destroy just about anything he touched Obama, it became destroyed. Uh, finally, Trump was elected fair and square. And now it was time to accept that there's been a changing of the guard, 
and the other guys get a chance to see what their ideology will lead to. And I hate that we were not given, and particularly Trump was not given, a single day's presidency, mm. not one day's honeymoon, before he even came in. On the one hand, the media already were contacting stories and lies about him taking Martin Luther King busts out of the White House. And at the same time, we now know that there were people plotting within the Department of Justice, the FBI, to destroy this president and his, and his entire team before he even came in. Mm. Yeah, there's, so, uh, on, the, on the fourth page of this uh, column that you wrote, of the six-page column, uh, Dove, this is brilliant. You, you talk about how you've come deeply to hate. You say, and I quote it, I hate that Donald Trump never was given a chance to be president of the United States for even one day's honeymoon. I hate that long before he won the presidency, fair and square, corrupt crooks and criminals in the United States Department of Justice, its FBI, were actively plotting to take him down. I hate that there are so few outlets in the media that give voice to condemn the criminality and corruption that broke every accepted societal norm by which we play the game. I hate that Obama was in on it, yet continues to pontificate on what is just and on what threatens freedom. You hate that Obama was in on it. Uh, the left says that's a joke, that's a conspiracy theory. We're convinced that's true. I guess so are you. Absolutely so. And not only that he was in on it, but I hate the idea that no one has ever been called to justice on any of this stuff. You know, for the last three years, I watch people get on TV. They go into, let's say, Sean Hannity, and they sit in the, and they give, for five minutes, they boast the way I've seen some rabbis go at synagogue sermons talking about what they're going to tell Arafat if they ever get to see him to his face. But where's the courage when it actually comes to doing something? So I watch on Hannity as everyone from Paul Ryan to Reince Priebus, if you remember those names, Trey Gowdy, <laughs> yeah. and it just goes on. Sean, let not your heart be troubled. We are going to hold hearings, and we are going to have investigations, and all of these people are going to answer. Well, none of them answered. They all got away with it. They always get away with it. Always. Comey got away with it, and McCabe, Brennan, Clapper, Strzok, Page, Lynch, Rice, Holder, Lois Lerner, Lazy Ford. Yeah. Everybody gets away with it. They what? lie. I was taught when I went to law school there's something called perjury, and you better not do it because if you do it, you could end up going to prison. But not them. Nobody gets called on it. They go no. before the U.S. Senate Committee, let's say at, at the Kavanaugh hearings. They lie through their teeth, destroy a wonderful person, a wonderful family man. Not a single one has ever been called on it. No, you, uh, only, uh, which you write, and, and uh, at some point you do write, and I love it. Uh, you write that these animals destroyed the life of Je these animals. They destroyed the life of General Michael Flynn, and you go on to mention uh, Nick Sandman, the Covington, uh, Kentucky kid. And also Brett Kavanaugh, and you, you did already allude to Blasey Ford, got away with just flat-out lying, ruining his life, uh, the, uh, the, all the women. Avenatti, of course, he didn't get held accountable for that, for something else. But yes, they get away with it. But maybe now, and you wrote this column before Rick Grinnell declassified those uh, documents. Maybe now, uh, Doe Fisher from the American Spectator, who writes beautifully, wonderfully, I'm telling you folks, check him out. Uh, maybe now there will be some accountability. What do you think? You know, you hope so, but after about three years, I'm getting back into that New York Mets 1962 mode, where it's hopeless. 
Remember how the Mets would be up in the seventh and eighth inning? And they lose but the game. You just knew the Marv Throneberry's going to drop a ball. Oh, that's right. Or Coleman. You have no chance. No, listen, I, I um, said the same thing to Bernie a couple of days ago. I just, yeah, there's no history that says it's going to happen. I mean, the, and you, go back to Hillary Clinton. How do you get rid of 33,000 emails? That's criminal. So you can start with her and nothing happened. There's a term called spoliation. I teach it to my law students. And in addition to being a rabbi, I'm, I'm with a group called Coalition for Jewish Values, where more than 1,000 Orthodox rabbis who share the same politically conservative viewpoint. And I, I, I'm also a law professor. I teach my students that, for goodness sakes, if the government is investigating and they ask you for evidence, don't believe the stuff you watch on the TV movies and, 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 in the, and, 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 and on TV and on the movies. You've got to give up the evidence, because if you play games with evidence, you're going to turn into Martha Stewart, where, where she ends up becoming an expert on how to iron prison uniforms. <laughs> so, True. What, what, I, I tell the students, you can't get away with that stuff. You, as an attorney, when you become a lawyer, and they ask for that kind of evidence, and your client says, maybe we could set it on fire, maybe we could lose it, maybe let the dog eat it. Don't play games when they want, because they'll put you in prison. Yet Hillary Clinton, exactly as you just said, right. she took evidence. She's under an investigation. She destroys the evidence. Oh, it was only about yoga. Like, like, she's in yoga. Like, right, she's really, she, she, uh, right. Um, and so she can't sit in a lotus, just like she never ended up as a POTUS. Um, and... She destroys evidence, and she got away with it. Not so only did she, uh, Jim Comey, I'll never forget this. Bernie and I were working together that day. Jim Comey went on television on that July afternoon and laid out exactly why she's guilty for 30 minutes. And then said, I shouldn't indict her. Right. So, so tell us this. In your article, in your column, I should say, A Time to Hate, which Bernie's been talking about to Bernie's credit for a week, and he's right, the American Spectator, you say it's not too late. And my question to you is, as a cynical guy just like you, what can we do to reverse this trend? I, I, first of all, we have to reelect Trump. Bingo. We have to because the entire system is structured in such a way that if he does not get elected in November, the first thing that happens after Biden gets elected, assuming Biden still remembers in January what happened during the vote in November, the first thing that's going to happen is that they're going to put an end to all the investigations. They'll name Durham a judge somewhere in Durham, North Carolina. And that'll be the end of that. They will close down that investigation. They will close everything down just the way Biden closed down the people that were checking out his son out in Ukraine. You just put the yep. prosecutors off. They'll take over the committees the same way they turned around the committees in the House. And they turned the House committees from working for the people instead to becoming full-time investigatory bodies looking into nonsense and proving nothing and finding nothing. They will do that with the Senate. They will clamp everything down, and we will never get to the bottom of it. So when you ask me, what is there left, what can we... I hate to say it, but it took three and a half years. Trump came up with a very nice slogan about train the swamp, and I don't blame him, but he's so busy trying to prevent the swamp from swallowing him into it uh, that he has not been able to drain the swamp. And if they stop this process that's already taken three and a half years, if that doesn't continue next year, uh, these people will indeed completely have gotten away with it. No it's doubt. A crime. It is a crime. 
It really is. It's 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 a it's a, a, an injustice of uh, of a magnitude we have not seen in this country's two hundred something years. Uh, the Doe Fisher from the American Spectator. You also wrote columns. Uh, one was entitled the, the most recent uh, May eighteenth, Obama on incompetence, and also blame Trump. Those are two great columns, and we can't the time. We don't have time to talk about it because uh, we just don't have the time. But they're fantastic. Everything is blame Trump. You say Pre- President Trump's not perfect. But he's done an excellent job. I mean, those are one of the th- statements you make in the articles. But I urge all our readers to go to the American Spec, go to our uh, web- website and check out Doe Fisher in the American Spectator and read A Time to Hate and all his other articles. Doe uh, Fisher, I hope you come back on the Bernie and Sid Show. Thanks so much for having me. It really was a lot of fun. And it, it was great. Finally, something I don't have to hate. <laughs> there, you, uh, there you go. How about that? And let's go Mets. Yeah. When do we get back on that field, uh, Dover? Uh, we're going to be good. I can, I can promise you that. Maybe not a World Series, but we're going to be good. Hopefully we get that back soon. Too. And Trump 2020. And Trump 2020. They're, they're right there.